This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. Pink suits with hats to match. Big cracker dolls and Cadillacs. You looking for the fattest sacks? This is where it's at. Windows tinted, seats for lyric line. Keep the hands on the burner, cause niggas know that it's money on Yo, what up, though? It's your man, Jay Johnson, a.k.a. the Tinfoil Hat Titan, a.k.a. the Conspiracy Realist, a.k.a. the Technology Snob, Steve Jobs Jr., Don't Text Me With Your Green Bubbles, a.k.a. I Only Debate My Equals, Everybody Else I Teach, also known as Juice, because all the hoes say, J.U. Ice, Young Caesar, because you know you can't roam without me, Mr. If You Don't Like Me, Fight Me. I got kicked out of Noah's Ark because they couldn't find another animal just like me, a.k.a. The West Side T'Challa, the new leader of Wakanda. Don't debate me, debate your mama. I am the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. What up? What up, though? And it's your man Dame going wild, the West Side landlord, the pride of PA, high chief Dame don't fuck around, the liquor store legend, the corner store conquistador, your mama's favorite Dame, and the David Ruffin of the Shop Talk podcast because you know who the fuck they came to see. Not you, Otis. Is no better than these four letters. Thank God for Dame. And if you're speaking on Dame, you better say it nice. And if you don't put the boss in front, then bitch, you're not saying it right. Let's go. Week 199 in this bitch. <laughs> Welcome back. Shop Talk Podcast. 199 weeks, dog. Episode 199. I done gave you 199 Fridays. Man, it's a lot, dog. It's a lot. A hundred ninety nine fr- four years worth of Fridays. Damn, dog, that's a hell of an accomplishment in itself. I ain't gave a woman that much time. Like, man, I we, we gonna talk about this shit clearly on like on the live show, but 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 um, I ain't never been consistent at this long at anything in my life. Me neither. Like to be perfectly honest, like to maybe being a father. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there might be some gaps in there too. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, man, 199 weeks. Uh, somebody asked me like how it feel and like don't eat, it don't eat, it doesn't feel like 199. It don't weeks. feel like nothing yet, dog. I remember when we first did it. I literally thought like, all right, it's gonna be a one week thing. And now four years later, like it's a staple. That's crazy. When you speak um, of the urban podcast culture in Detroit, you don't speak our names. You speak disrespect. Uh, like you bitch. Like let's be. Like anyway, I'm not gonna get into that. <laughs> no, nah, nigga, get we'll talk get, that talk. We'll talk that talk next week. You know what I'm saying? We'll talk that talk next week at the live show episode 200. Uh, it's going down from seven to eleven p.m. Um, I cannot wait. Twenty five nine hundred Greenfield Road. Uh, same building that the studio is in, fifth floor, five oh six. Uh, we having a great time from seven o'clock to eight o'clock. There's gonna be a meet and greet. Come fuck with your boys. Come kick it with us. Yeah, if you've been listening all these years, we wanna we wanna see you. Like I wanna know what. Like I got questions. <laughs> It'd be crazy. Like we've done live events before for like other people. Like uh, invite us out to shit, and like people will come that like listen to the show. Like literally, like me and Jay. Like, I don't want to diminish it, but, like, we're not celebrities by, like, any stretch of the imagination. Like, if you walk up to me and talk to me, like, I'm going to fucking talk back. Like, and I'm interested to see, like, like you never know who's been listening. Really? Like, so, 
social media, right? I got a lot of social media accounts. Yeah. Like, like I got a whole bunch of them. You know what I'm saying? Like my, my phone won't allow me to add another Instagram account on my phone because I'm maxed out. So I get like a bunch of different, um, follows, requests, likes me. And it's hard to keep contact with a lot of shit. And, um, or on Twitter, Twitter and all other shit, you'll be tweeting or something or somebody will reply like, Oh shit, where this person come from? When did you start following me? Uh, when did you start listening to the podcast? Like who? (laughs) It's crazy. It's crazy the the reach that the podcast has, and it's humbling on the same on the same hand. Because look, I'm just a loudmouth nigga from the west side. Like I've literally not accomplished shit in my life besides being a career fuck up. And the fact that people tune in on a weekly basis, like even my daughter, says it's like, why do people want to listen to you? Like, baby, I have <laughs> no fucking idea, but it works. It works. I'm like, cause she, you don't know, like. She hears she, you as dad. She listened to our podcast and she'll laugh through the whole thing. Like she thinks that I'm just the most boring person in the world. But I'll be like, baby, like, <laughs> like people, people fuck with your dad. Like I, I, I know, I know it may seem like you know a novel idea to you, but like this, this shit, it works. It's wild, man. Uh, just think about the impact of niggas just talking. Uh, Two hundred episodes of Shop Talk. It's funny because something that I brought up, you know, my my shaving incidents, uh, shout out to the homie when his happy hour hit me up, was talking about I should have did a GoFundMe for some for my bevel and she would have donated. <laughs> I'm not poor, I'm just cheap. <laughs> um, I promise that's all it is. I'm just cheap as fuck. Man, it's crazy, dog, as far as this microphone shit, because I always knew I'd be like straight uh, standing in front of a mic. But I know it would work. I just didn't know how. I thought I was going to be rapping in front of the microphone. but Still may not be too late, Jay. Uh, you know, sold out seats to hear Jay and Dame speak. <laughs> so It's happening. Pull up. It's happening. Um, Next Friday is going to be a fucking event. It's going to be a really good time, man. I don't uh, know what I'm going to do, but it's going to be big. We're going to have a good time. We're going to give you a full pot. We're going we gonna to be out here potting. Yeah. We're going to potting. And it's just it's just us. You know, a lot of the events that we have, it's like us, another podcast, another podcast. No, man, it's just us. And we're going to we gonna, we gonna we gonna do what we do on Friday. We're just going to have some more company in the room. That's yeah, all. We're going to do something special uh, for, for folks. We might I might have some. But we definitely well, inviting people. Yeah. I mean, if you've been on this. Listen, if you've been on the show anytime in the last 199 weeks, I would want to. I want you out there to see your face. Yeah. Uh, so um, Monday. I'm gonna start dropping. Uh, so we gotta shoot a video promo uh, for the event because we always drop a video promo for an event the last week. Um, so we are gonna do that, and I'm tagging everybody who's been on the show. Um, it's be a lot of tags. So if you a lot of show, tagging. Um, I'm, a, I'm a heavy promo this week. Yeah, because I want that boy packed out. You feel me? It's gonna it's gonna work. It's gonna work. Um, last time we shot low, thinking that people weren't gonna come out to an event. And like we had, like we was at capacity with the motherfucker, yeah. so it's gonna work. And I just want to be like, uh, like dog, this a like this a long time, two thousand and sixteen. Like it was June of twenty sixteen. Like we didn't even have this current president. He didn't went through a whole entire pre- <laughs> nigga. We both time. still had hair. Yeah, like I lived in three different places since then. You have. I was in a whole relationship. I was living with a whole woman. <laughs> you were. <laughs> like, uh, 
Boy, that was a, what a time. Yeah. Like, if y'all been listening for a while, then, you know, we went through some transitions over the Absolutely. Time. i become a father again. Yeah. Shout out to my little cousin, man. She uh, had posted on Facebook. She had wrote out our intro. I saw that. I saw that. Detail. That was dope. She started listening to the pod. It's my uh, my cousin, Lauren, who I did our wedding for. Uh, you married him. Yeah. You became an ordained minister in the last four Fact. years. Love her. And uh, so she said so her and her husband just started listening from like the first episode. So she said they, they up to like 2018, somewhere in there now. And she was like, signs that I've listened to too many episodes. And she wrote all <laughs> of our, uh, I'm like, yeah. So you've heard all that stuff back to back. To I mean, back. she's, then she's heard the it. Like, first of all, the intros are good now, but like, nigga, they was one sentences and they wasn't, yeah. they wasn't confident. It was just, yo, what, Miss J. Johnson 313? Yo, Dame going wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it, was, <laughs> it grew. It grew. Yeah. So, um, shout out to it's, y'all, man. It's a blessing, man. Shout out to y'all for just listening <laughs> and providing feedback. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because uh, some episodes that we do, man, we get a, like a lot of feedback and like, we got like a core fans who 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 always gonna interact and post on social media and, and repost and just be engaged, man. That goes a long way, man. Yeah, like it really does. There's some go, people like every week a share goes a long way because you don't never know when that one share, when one person is gonna listen, and based off that one listen, that one listen may bring the growth of the podcast has been so organic, man. I remember when we used to first do this. Li- literally, we would be happy with like. I remember the first time we got a hundred listens in a week. Yeah, like once you get like, all right, we, we started episode, at like thirty. Yeah, like all right, boom, thirty episodes. I mean, thirty listens on that first episode. That's straight. Oh shit, we getting like, oh, we like fifty. Then once you get a hundred, like, you mean every episode a hundred people gonna listen? Like people, who, you know, because we run the studio in here. Um, people come here all the time and start new new podcasts, and they always wonder, wonder like, what's a good number? Um, as long as one other person besides you listen to it, that's a good number. Yeah, one fan a day. Let's say you get a hundred listens to your podcast every week. Do you realize how many a hundred people is though? Like, if a hundred people came into your building or in your place of work right now and say, "Listen, all of us every week is gonna come back and listen to you," a hundred people. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, I know y'all probably get discouraged when y'all look at say a Joe Button podcast who may get like 350,000 the first week. I'm um, looking at first week numbers some or uh, 250, 260 for like a brilliant idiots or whatever. Like that's a different level. They got them cuz they celebrities. If you being a regular person can get 100 people to listen to you every week for at least an hour. Dog, congratulations. Yeah. You make you 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 are impacting It's bigger it's life. bigger than what you think it yeah. is. So once we cross that 100 and, and the fact the that two, we do a few thousand the, Hey man, it's a labor of love, Jay. Yeah. A labor of love. So man, how how was your week, man? Uh, week was cool. I don't have nothing to really bitch about. I want to, but I ask you, uh, what you what, what what you grateful for this week? Man, I'm grateful for life, bro. Like I don't I don't say that lightly when I when I tell people that shit. Like I know where I was like a year ago at this time. I was fighting for it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I was literally fighting for my life. Literally. Um yeah, literally around this time it was a uh, it was a t- it was totally different cuz I I remember back to Urban Podcast Month, right? 
Um, this was like right after you got out. Yeah, like you I was real still, sickly. I was I was in a boot on a yeah. fucking cane. Yeah. Like I, I thank God for life every day. Like last year taught me to 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 literally be be thankful for every day. You know, it's not a day that I you know all my day is good. Absolutely not. You know, I go through my share. Of, Fucked up shit and ups and downs, wins and losses. You know, I don't have people come and go out of my life, you know, but I thank God that, you know, I can put my, I still may have some aches and pains, but I can put my two feet on the ground, pull myself up and, you know, still do most of the things that I want to do in life and do the shit that I need to do. So I'm I'm just thankful every day for my life, for my children, for, you know, the people that I have in my life that are friends friends have turned into family yeah the family that i got man i'm just i'm thankful like that's every day i get to open up my eyes i'm thankful man um that's really a blessing man you know what i've been listening to a lot all week actually um all week and damn near every single day i've been listening to kanye his last um the choir sunday service album okay with the actual choir I took uh, I mean, I got about seven of the songs on there that I really like, and like that's really been it's been moving me all week, like literally. Now, granted, I mean it's melodies that I'm familiar with, yeah, over themes that really seem to, to work out for me. Uh, it's really been working out for me. I've been working out this week, last weekend, this week. I saw you and Weezy going um, back and forth. Who getting the miles in? Yeah, he challenged me to, to to run fifty miles this month. So. I'm trying to get to fifty, so I'm doing at the very. I'm doing two a day, but I got to do more than two. I mean, shout out to the homie Weezy because I he been posting some of these before and after pictures, and he looked like a completely different man, like a completely different dude. Yeah, so I mean, um, shout out to the homie. You getting in there? You putting in that sweat equity? I see you. Yeah, I um, see you. It's hard getting back in, but I had to find the time because like health is wealth, man. So finding the time, but sitting in the sauna and listening to. Uh, I mean, the Maybach music, you make it through in the sauna. Man, so I got – shout out to old people. I appreciate y'all, but y'all be <laughs> on some fuck shit, okay? I go to the sauna, uh, LA Fitness. I'm going in there to put my headphones on. This nigga come in with this loud-ass phone blasting this shit on speaker. Like, fam, turn your fucking music off. I got on headphones and can't hear my shit. Like, if he was younger, I would have probably uh, approached the situation different, but – you old, so were well, you older than me? Well, no, fuck that. You old, so I, I'm. I just left. I was only there about twelve minutes and shit. I'm like, dog, you fucking up my vibe, dog. Come on, man. He trying to get his sweat on too. Turn that shit off, man. <laughs> Who was he listening to? I don't know. It was some, it was some church music. Oh. It wasn't fire. It, <laughs> it wasn't in the. It wasn't in. Um, can can it we, wasn't. Can it, you knock church music like that? Like, oh, this 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 song ain't fire. Yeah, that's why I don't I don't listen to the entire Sunday service album. I, I listen to my soul's anchor. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I, I listen to a bunch of that shit, but it, it really does uh it really has been lifting my spirits. That's what's up, man. So what you thankful for? Oh man. I'm 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 thankful to be busy. I'm thankful to be busy, man. Um I'm thankful we for We got a black owned business that's thriving. I'm thankful to be busy and I'm thankful to run a studio and because I come into contact with so many people on a, on a day to day basis uh, from new clients and from guests of different shows. And I'm able to network with a lot of people. Absolutely. Um, I networked 
I met somebody yesterday. Was it the day before yesterday? And um, random occurrences of people I would never meet in real life or in actuality, just moving throughout my circle. And um, I think this is going. It could possibly work out really, really well for me. So I'm thankful that God placed just for you, people. Just for you, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm thankful that God places people in your life that would not like this random set of occurrence. You know what I'm saying? You know, when I, when I think about like just reflecting back on some of the people that we've had sitting in these rooms, I mean, this is just been incredible. You know, black Jesus, Slink Johnson, Mm -hmm. Jay Prince, TK Kirkland, Rick Ross. I mean, Coco, you know, people that, uh, Terry Mills, Lindsay Hunter, um, Freaking uh, Premium Pete, um, Jimmy Jackson, yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch of people it's, being in, and it's crazy. Like, like some some people that we have, Eshan, yeah, that we have straight up admired that have become like friends. You know what I'm saying? Like Shit, I, DDT. Yeah, I can. You know, I remember just wanting to get my music played by DDT, and now I can reach out to him. When I, like we just kicked the shit, so yeah. I mean, you know, it's 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 a blessing, man. God is, God is so good. Yeah, man. Um, I started a production company uh, last week, um, for uh, some of the video work uh, stuff I've been doing. Um, narrow my focus of what I want to what I want to shoot specifically, and it's random to I ran into a, a a connect last night who can help me out in that realm, and. uh You've been doing a lot of good video work. I've been seeing, uh, you know, some of the work you've been putting out, man, is is, is quality. Yeah, man, I've been shooting a, um, a, a series, Glam Bout Lifestyle. Search that on YouTube. Um, and uh, I think I like it. It's been, it's, it's, been, it's been working out pretty good. Look, man, it's, it's, it's quality work. It's quality work. Um, and I, I can't mean, wait. I can't. I, I was able to um, record a sit-down interview with Pharaoh. Um and uh, a gentleman named Malik uh, around neighborhood grocery. Uh, we shot that inside of uh, Veganini's, which is I think it's called now it's Pop Culture Cafe. Um, it's a really good interview. Uh, three different angles. I can't wait. I'm editing that up right now. Um, I just been having so I had so much stuff on my plate recently. It's hard. I don't have enough time in the day. And we doing some documentary. You you doing a Heartbreak Dame documentary to. To coincide with the with the project dropping, because uh, we got a lot of shit brewing up here, man. The podcast just kind of opened up the door, but there's so much other stuff that this is going to that this is starting to evolve into. Like the podcast, that's always going to be our bread and butter. But the uh, podcast is the album, and everything else is the shows and the merch. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not going to get rich off the albums, yeah. These days, but it connects the dot to everything else. Uh, so yeah, so, man. They'll soon see. They'll yeah. soon see. All right, man. So uh, this week been pretty interesting. I want to talk about Meg Thee Stallion, though. Let's go, man. Because <laughs> um, uh, are, are we going? You going to crown her already? I'll wait to the end. Okay. Uh, but like, I really want to talk about Meg Thee Stallion and the the series of events that have played out. Okay. So she got on live. Um, few days it just seemed like a few days ago yeah i got on twitter and i seen the hashtag 
I seen some memes and jokes and I seen the hashtag like free the stallion. I was like, fuck she need to be free for <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> thought she was putting out I mean it feels like she puts out a lot of music, but I mean, I guess kind of looking in in she, retrospect, maybe she doesn't. She didn't put out four EPs. Four. Four different EPs. You know I love me some Meg, dog. I do you though? I do. Why? I think I I mean I What's I, the song? Uh, Big old freak is my shit. I love that song. Yeah, that song. I remember, fucking love that song. I got that. Remember when you said this argument, and I was like, I, I thought Big old freak was going to be the song, but it didn't you, blow. You said it was going to be the Kodak. I mean, Bodak. Bodak yelling. Yeah, I thought it was going to be her Bodak yelling. It had. It has not. And he I was really like, well, just wait. It's about to be another. I, I thought Hot Girl Summer might have been it, but that was that's honestly was a dud. Then where the song at? Her and the baby make good music together. Where is the song? She doesn't have it yet, Jay. She doesn't have it. She makes she makes songs that grab your attention in the moment, but like, does she have that definitive, like when you throw that throw this on, it's gonna get the shit rocking? No, nah, she she hasn't done it yet. Do we like Meg as the artist or we like her as a personality? I think a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Now, seeing her this week doing like this press run, Meg. Uh, I've seen a couple couple chinks in the armor. Like, is the music good? I like I like some of her music. I like that song she got with Hell of a uh, Bitch. I like that. Yeah, I, Big Old Freak is my shit. Anything she do with the baby is like that shit works. Her and the baby make good music together. So let me let me go ahead and get this out the way. I do like Meg, and I, I enjoy some of the music. But I'm trying to be real with myself and why I like the, some of the music. I like the music because of the beats and the hook. But, like, the raps themselves are not whack. But she got a a a, a flow that's, like, very repetitive. Dun, 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 dun. Like, it's not a, like, it's not a polished flow. She's now, still finding her voice. She's still a young artist in the game. She's 24. She's still... Re- uh- I'm saying like to be to be out in the public, she's still she's I mean, still I'm relatively young. Him. Yeah, I mean she's still relatively young in the game. Yeah, I mean at twenty four podcast five albums. Come on, but man. Just, like yeah, I mean, look, man, the best rapper between Cardi B and Meg the Stallion. Cast off. Uh but listen, so she got online and she was having a conversation with her fans and saying that uh she wanted to renegotiate her contract. Because her record label was stopping her from putting uh, music out. She said she only got $15,000 advance. She got to give her. Um, she got to pay money. She. Uh, I think the, the the figure out that she didn't make X amount of money off of streams. But only got 15 grand. Like it was a narrative that. She ain't been getting that. She ain't been getting, getting the bag. Money and yeah. Shit like that. And then details of her contract started to come out. Like, well, she got like a 60-40 split and, and then she get like a, a percentage of her, like a 30% of her publishing or something like that nature. Um, and like people on the internet and she did f- hashtag free to stallion and people started was like, look, man, it's fucked up. We was talking about Puffy and now, you know, she going through this shit. And I'm like, dog, this kind of fucked up. Let me take a look, man, because you can't be out here getting dicked over. Right. Right. And then I seen this article about her label owner, um, Carl, Carl Crawford. Crawford. And I remember reading this article years ago, a couple years ago, about his $142 million contract. Um, 
and how that was like one of the worst contracts for the, the who signed him or whatever. And so I'm like, damn, how would a nigga, how would he, why would you do some foul shit when, you know, contracts is something that you're very familiar with. Right. So I read his uh, interview that he did with Billboard and I came away with an entirely different view Viewpoint. of the situation. Absolutely. And it's easy to create a narrative when you have an audience. Yeah. And Meg has an audience. He got like 8 million followers. Yeah. And Carl was like, listen, man, I don't know shit about rap music like that. I started this label. I'm new to this shit. So when we signed Ned, Meg, Meg, her mom, Ty, T. Ferris, and the lawyers made this contract up. I didn't make the contract up. T. Ferris and Meg Mama and the lawyer, y'all made the contract. You got a 60-40 split. 40% of the profits come to you. That's fucking unheard of. You be... Record industry, like for people that aren't familiar with like record industry deals, they're not artist friendly, especially... And they, to the, an extent. Especially like, maybe once you've established yourself as an artist, you can move and negotiate a little bit differently. When you're a, when you're a new artist fresh out the gate, typically that first deal is not going to be in your favor. You may because get, you may get twelve percent. Yeah, because you are, you are a huge risk to a record label. When at the end of the day, a record label is a business, and you are an employee, and they're going to do what's best for business, which is to protect themselves. You got a sixty forty split, and then like, and out of the forty percent, I have to pay for my features and my studio engineering costs and things of that nature. Well, who should pay for it? Like it's your like it's it's your studio cost, right? Right. Like who should pay for it? Uh in, in a normal record deal, the label would pay for it and make you recoup. All of this shit is recoupable. Every every last dime. Uh, a a record contract is nothing but just like a, a front loaded bank loan. It's a debt. Yeah. And so They're not giving you a million dollars like you have just now how are you gonna make two million so you can see some money? So the the the, the Thought process like, oh my God, they only gave her fifteen thousand or ten thousand for for a signing bonus, and and this don't make no sense. She already made fifteen thousand after that. I'm like, well, one, I'm not taking no giant signing bonus because that's a debt. So artists don't take giant signing bonuses up front because I'm gonna have to pay that back. So ten grand, that's cool. That's not a bad idea, and a sixty forty split is a good fucking split. Absolutely. Um. So she been doing um so Carl Crawford was basically was like, look, they made that fucking deal up. Don't say I snaked you. And we overgave because I'm new into this, I'm new into the game. The way that I thought I was gonna come in and get artists is I'm gonna give you more than what the normal person would get. So instead of twelve percent, which would probably be normal for you, you get forty percent. Like that's a lot of fucking money. Ten dollars come in, you get four dollars of it. Cause I put the fucking money up, so yes, you get you get forty. Now, granted, I'm usually on the side of the artist because I want the artist to get paid for their intellectual property, the whole nine yards. But I also own a business, and I understand how running a fucking business works, and how little insignificant shit to the average person costs a lot of fucking money in real life. Yeah, just services to keep shit up costs a lot of fucking money in real life. So I'm like, all right, well, fine, fuck it. Um. Then we find out that like Ty Ferris 
Swisher House, you know, uh, basically sold Megan to sold Carl Crawford out. That was his homeboy. I'm the money behind this shit. You gonna run the day to day shit, right? And they had a they developed a really good relationship. And uh, Carl was like, "Yo, Rock Nation, we about to have a meeting with Rock Nation." And I'm like, "Oh shit, man, that's what's up." I wanted to meet Jay Z. Who don't want to fucking meet Jay Z? Like, you need me to come? Like, nah, we just they just gonna show us around the office, <laughs> a little some light, you know what I'm saying? Nothing major. And so he was like, "All right, well, fuck it. We just did come off tour with her. I don't want to be." like hounding her or whatever go ahead man y'all do the little meeting next thing you know uh she signed a deal with rock nation right i'm like damn then your man kind of snakes you and shit and ever since then he ain't heard from her and she she get a hundred thousand dollars a show and then did 15 shows and like we ain't got no money from that like you stop paying your obligation so the record company job is i front all the money i blow you up I buy all the studio time. I pay for the beats. All the, so every time, every day that the you features, in, the engineers, everything, all that. So while you in here rapping every single day, the beat that you rapping on is not free. Like I'm not giving you this beat for free. Like the person who made it is not just giving juicy. You J still got to get paid. Some, whether this song comes out or not, yeah, nigga. This do you want this beat? I can't sell it to nobody else while you have it. So you know what I'm saying? Like all this shit costs money. And my whole producers goal, ain't your homies no more. So like from a label standpoint, if I put all that money up and I blow you up and now that you blown up rock nation slide in and they want, now they want to tell you that you you got a bad contract. No, that's not fair to the little guy. And so what Carl Crawford did was he reached out to Jay Prince, Jay Prince. He from the fifth ward. That's where Jay Prince come from. And he was like, well, listen, man, I see what's going on. And y'all not about to take a, you're not about to take advantage of my man like that. So whatever y'all think y'all going to steal from him, that's not going down. And that's the only thing saved him. And he was like, listen, if without Prince, I'd be messy. Like, wow, y'all wouldn't even be here. Billboard magazine giving me this interview if it wasn't for him, for me to even get my side of the story right. out. Um, I think they, they doing my man a disservice and acting like, he trying to rob her. She ain't never released a fucking album. You trying to renegotiate. She got a four album deal and you ain't never released the album and you trying to renegotiate. You keep dropping EPs that don't count as album. So your label, not, they're not getting the money. Like when can I get my money back? He said, I didn't drop $2 million into this shit and I'm in the hole. Yeah. And you trying. So any, any business is looking for ROI. A return on the investment and Meg, where the fuck is the money? And let's just say you I get my money back and now we break even. So now I just put in four years of work for nothing? For literally nothing? Yes. So once you recoup out your 40% and I get and I, I can get made whole again, then I'm gonna start reaping 60% of the profits. Because I'm putting all this money up. It's not guaranteed that you're gonna sell. I put all this and most and most artists don't. Most artists don't. There's a lot of fucking popular artists who not making no fucking money. Nah, I don't know that Meg is like these records are flying off the shelf or streaming like a million. Like I don't know that that's the case. I, me neither. And that's not that's not no hate. Like I just don't don't know. So she said he was like they didn't. She didn't try to renegotiate. He said Rock Nation. And the lawyers came in and said, we're going to do one deal and it's we're going to do one album and then we out of the contract. Hold on. 
you signed a four album deal, haven't turned in one album, and now you saying I'm one and out, I'm one and done? Well, fuck, why the fuck would I renegotiate that shit? Yeah. Hell fuck no. Hell no. So listen, I was completely fabricasted by this today. I don't know if you heard this shit. Did I send this to you? I don't know. A 40% profit share, you think that's good for established artists, for new established artists? You want a little more? I mean, everybody I, wants 40% seems pretty good. For I mean, that's good. Like, yeah. that's that's really not even the the highlight of what what my problem is. Mm-hmm. So, But you can't talk about what the problem is. I can't talk about exactly <laughs> what it is right now. But Sugar <laughs> is out right now. <laughs> One more question. So you cool with the forty percent? Because I would definitely play this shit in court. Like I thought that was one of your issues. How about this? I ain't broke. She ain't got no money. She That's got what they t- saying. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> um. How? Because people don't know. They hear you not getting paid. You can't put out music. That just doesn't make any sense. Like, how can you think I'm broke? You see me working every day. Like I said that I only had got. $15,000 at that time. That don't mean I ain't made no money from working since then. That's crazy. But, you know, they don't, you know, people don't understand how it works. So I, I, I so, do- Nigga, you made this fucking narrative yourself. Right. Like, people been going to bat for you. You said this shit. You said, I only got $15,000 advance. And he told her that, he said, that was a lie. We gave her that money. And then when she signed another deal to go to three hundred. dollars Three hundred, he said. Three hundred gave him an upfront two hundred thousand. He gave her a fifty thousand dollar check just cause, like that was my money. But I gave you fifty k off the upfront money, just cause we fuck with you. Like only thing I've ever done was give, give, give. I've never told her no. When she was on a Breakfast Club, she was basically saying that she do her dealings with Ty, I mean Ty Ferris, and don't really do a lot of dealings with Carl Crawford. I'm like, he the that's not like the CEO of the of the label don't go on tour with you. Right. Like a man, a, a role manager does. I mean, but we can even break it down more simply. We all work for somebody. Uh, you don't see the CEO in the break room. Like that's, that's just not how, like he's typically not involved in that type of aspect. And it just seemed like she was, um, it just seemed like it's some shady shit going on. And Jay Prince stepped in and, ba- and then listen, this is my issue. So she signed some paperwork allegedly and made some saying that like through a third party, Jay Princeton allegedly threatened her and do all this other shit. Like you, why would you, what's going on here? Like don't talk to the police and shit. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Like I don't get what you like dry snitching on people, whether factual or infactual. That's not what you do in rap music. Right. And when you fr- like uh, a genre where your music is based a lot off of your your reputation or what people perceive you to be your reputation. Yeah. Now, now it's like you being intimidated, like I'm being intimidated and everything. No, you don't want to honor your contract. It's not a bad contract per se. Like, why would you? I don't think if you would have signed with Jay-Z directly, would you have gotten 40 percent of shit? Show me a contract that Jay didn't sign somebody when we giving you 40% of profits, dog. It's a lot of disgruntled niggas that was on the rock. Come on, dog. A lot of broke niggas, too. Like, Meg is on this horrible press run. It's a horrible press run. It is. It's horrible. Whose man's is this? Because you out here wild. You're going to give it to her early? Yeah. She, it, it, my, my whose man's is this is Meg. Like, one, 
you said you didn't read over your contract. You didn't. Well, that's your fault. That's your fault. That's a lie as well because you was tweeting out after you signed the three hundred deal. Was like you didn't read everything. Any deal that she's in is because I want to be in it. She tweeted at herself. Uh, Her mom. Um, was her manager, but when her mom passed, he said that's basically when all the snakes slid in. He said none of this would have been happening if her mom was still here. But like y'all made the contract though. What you want me to do? Y'all made that shit. <laughs> like you negotiated forty percent of the profits and a first album, your first artist deal. You get your you get a percentage of your publishing. That don't happen. Not at all. Not at all. May still fighting for his shit. Twenty five years later, May still fighting for his publishing. You mean to tell me I gotta pay for studio time? I gotta pay for hair and makeup and promo and all this extra shit just to get you popping? Because at twenty years old, four years ago, we had no fucking clue who the fuck Meg Stallion was. Right. So for four years, I'm dr- I'm 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 throwing money into you, doing all this extra shit, and then as soon as you about to make some money. And, you be like, yeah, I don't want to give y'all as much as uh, that's not fair. Nah, and you know, unfortunately, you try and try and go to court with that shit, Meg. We'll we'll see who wins. So she got a, and then like they don't want me to release music. I want you to release a fucking album. This your fourth. This your fourth EP, nigga. You could have been out the contract by now. Yeah, <laughs> you facts. Like this name of that shit an album, and she's been very very. Uh, she been very, very paying good detail to to mention that it's an EP, EP exactly, and not an album. So you should have just dropped this should be a four. I hate y'all playing these fucking games. We heard four projects from you. Them shits ain't been hitting. She may have a song or two. I I like Meg, man. I like her. I like her. I like I like some of her music. I think she's. I like the hell of a made. I like the hell of a joint. I do too. Because hell of a made it, and it's a. I mean, it's a sample from. I'd rather be a nigga. I mean, it's a pop. That's a classic pop sample. So like, how can I not like this song? I I, I still like big old freak. I just I thought I don't know, man. I believed in that song. The the, the beat dope. The chorus dope. The lyrics. I mean, the verses is. Eh. I believed in. I thought it was gonna be bigger. I just thought. It, I really thought that was going to be like her her Bodak Yellow, little bitch. But it just didn't work out that way. I mean, I like that song, too. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's, I like it, But, too, it, but it, like, it didn't turn into Bodak Yellow. And I, with this press run, I'm not I'm not renegotiating shit because I don't know that you're about, you about to be this megastar, and I may not get my money back. I may not recoup. <sighs> yeah, Why man. would I reschedule? Why would, I, why would I reassign? Why would I renegotiate before your shit really starts? And you owe me money. You didn't did hundred. You didn't hit fifteen shows at a hundred thousand dollars a pop, and you not kicking back. And they like, well, in our it's saying our contract that the money go to the label first, as it should. Right, <laughs> right. Like well, these these aren't these aren't like outlandish things that the label is asking for. This is very like very standard language. I can tell that y'all, y'all ain't never ran a business. You know what I'm saying? Like it costs to keep the lights on in this bitch. Like I have to pay a monthly rent in here. I have to pay lights, uh, services, uh, internet access, uh, Dropbox, where everybody all day online. So you know what I mean? You know how much. No, for four years worth of data in the cloud 
for Six all expensive. these pod, all these <laughs> different podcasts and videos and stuff like that. And come on, man, it's it, it costs money to it take money to make money. So like no no people really think like when they pay when they pay for a session like they paying for me or you to be here. Uh, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. I mean, I don't I don't want to be all high and mighty about it, but like you're not you're not paying for my presence. Um, but uh, I'm, I sit in on some of the sessions. Um, I, I I get everybody started. Um, put a little mix on the the file. Make sure everything is good. I'm going to adjust y'all mics once or twice. But like y'all got headphones, <laughs> okay? Uh, some people don't like wearing the headphones. I don't want to hear myself. Well, if you don't want to hear yourself, they don't want to hear you either. By yeah. the way, but like I, the headphones are here, so you can hear how you sound. They're for you. The They're for you. So when you so as I'm talking in the microphone right now and I turn the microphone to the other side, like I you will be able to know that you're not speaking in the microphone if you're listening on your headphones and shit. But hey, to each his own. I mean, some niggas you can't make them listen, dog. You, you can lead a horse to water. Um, I think Meg is fooling. Um, uh, I think you're a brand new artist um who doesn't have a track r- record of making money yet. Um I don't know that I, I don't I can't renegotiate your contract until I recoup what I put into you. And Absolutely. once I, once I recoup what I put into you, I'm only breaking even. I've just wasted four years. You know what I'm saying? That's not good investment. If I only, if after four That's years, just bad business, it's just bad business. No, I need to make money first. Once I've, so my issue with like a puff is like, okay, puff, it's been 22 years. You've made a lot of, you've money. you've made a lot of money. It's t- like, you've made your investment back plus more. Right. We ain't made our investment back yet. It's been twenty years. It's a little bit different. You know, I I want I want to be on Meg's side, but like right now, just as um, I, I have to look at it from the end of the business owner, and I can't be. Uh, and I get it. Like you feel how you feel about. You. I I think like it's, you know, it's it's like when maybe this is a bad analogy, but I'm gonna use it anyway. It's like sometimes like people have children just to say like i'm a baby mama or i'm a baby daddy you sign a record contract just just to say later on most well, a bold badass deal no the deal is what the fuck you negotiated like if you didn't have a lawyer or somebody working on your 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 behalf that's on you when you see a lot of artists now uh especially like a lot of younger artists they unless you have something established where i can say look i got you know, 2 million followers on Instagram. I got another million followers on Twitter and I have three certified bangers on my own. This is what I want. Unless you are coming to the table with something to negotiate with, you're going to eat the shit in and the stick. That's just, it's just life. Now, if I'm a Beyonce, right. And I'm like, when I drop a project, I know how much money is going to be generated. I want to renegotiate because I can guarantee you're going to get X amount of dollars. Nigga, you are unknown talent. You have not dropped your debut album yet. Facts. You have not dropped a debut album yet. And like Beyonce didn't come Beyonce overnight. Say say it one more time. Say it one more time into the microphone, Jason. Like she wasn't this, she wasn't this version of herself until she married Jay. All right. All right. But do Jay get a pass? On another shady bill, shading deals. <laughs> no, no, Jay is Jay is shady deals. Like dog, like <laughs> Jay Nation, is shady deals. Like y'all on some fuck shit because she said Rock Nation is the one who pointed out 
that there were some issues. Of course, the because they they want you to sign a contract that's going to be benefit beneficial for Rock Nation, for Rock Nation. Whatever they negotiate, they gonna come out on top. Jay is not gonna negotiate a deal where he is taking an L in any in any stretch of the imagination. He's gonna come out on top. So she got the management deal with Rock Nation, but I'm pretty sure she they want they would rather her sign through there. Yeah. And she the one who got signed to fifteen oh one and three hundred, and like so she want to be you want to split your money up three and four different ways. That's on you, because and then then you mad that like you're not making no money allegedly because you it's getting split three different ways. Hey man, the game is the game. So good luck, Megan. On but on the flip side, when we talking about press runs. There's somebody else that we truly admire that's on an incredible press run right now for his project, the allegory, Royce to five nine. Man, press run Royce is undefeated right now. He ain't missed with none of these. <laughs> nah, man. Every interview he's dropping is good. And they all a little bit different. It's not like the exact He's same not giving thing. you the same interview. Sway got something different than Matt Hoffa got. Uh Ebro got something different than the LA Leakers got. And and quiet as it's kept, that freestyle that he dropped on L.A. Leakers is top tier MCN, top tier, Im- impeccable. Uh, everybody, he's been he literally been on everything. He been sat down with Genius. He didn't sat down with uh, No Jumper. He didn't sat down with the uh, Big Boy, Big Boy in yeah. the neighborhood. Um, everybody, dog, uh, excellent, dog. I'm, I'm glad Royce is getting his flowers. Yeah, man, the allegory is an amazing album. Yeah. Amazing album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but today, man, we uh we are we're we're getting we we're tuning up for episode one. I mean with episode two hundred. Right. The live show. Um if you go to Shop Talk Podcast or J Johnson three one three, you click the link in the bio, you can get some tickets. Tickets only ten dollars. Ten bucks on Eventbrite. Or you can cash app Shop Talk Podcast. Um and your name, so we can put you on a guest list. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you just send ten dollars, thanks. Uh, <laughs> um, but you can uh, cash out uh, Shop Talk podcast. Man, just come out and be ready to have a good ass time. We're gonna put on a fucking show. It's gonna be number love in the building. If you got an ounce of hate in your body, stay at the fuck at home. Facts. Um, but we got a guest this week, man. And I've been seeing this guest around the socials for a couple of years and shit. You know, remember that one time it was a little kangaroo video that popped up? Yes, yes. And that shit hit world star. Like, why is a nigga got a kangaroo and shit? So my man, um, Javon Stacks from the uh, Exotic, Exotic Zoo. Zoo. Um, I seen some shit online and it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I see how he getting treated online. So I reached out to him. To, uh, Good brother, right here in the city, born and raised on the west side, the best side. West side, west so we, side. So we had to bring him through and let him tell his side of the story. And uh, you know, we look forward to this gentleman being vindicated. And you know, when he comes back, you know, telling and giving him the opportunity to again come back after he's been vindicated to continue doing good business out here in these streets. Let that black man shine. Yeah. All right, so listen, uh, we are back right now. I got Javon Stacks in the building. Um, Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Go ahead, introduce yourself. Let the people know who you are. I'm Javon Stacks, the owner of the Exotic Zoo. My um, Exotic Zoo is based in Belleville, Michigan. I really started my zoo. It'll be 11 years at the end of this month. And I started from really a passion, a love for animals ever since I was a child. I always loved animals. I had dogs and 
um, you know, my parents at the time, they weren't really into cats like that. But I had all iguanas, all different type of animals yeah. growing up. And my parents always taught me, you know, to love what you do. You know, follow your passion. So I think everybody's born with a gift. And God blessed me with a gift for animals. Okay. So I just followed that and had great mentors as I was growing up. And they kept steering me in a way of, um, you know, like what your passion was. So I really was passionate about animals. And I started my, well, I went to school and, and I um, certified zoologist, primatologist. Primatologist mean the study of primates. Yeah. Monkeys, gorillas, baboons, uh, baboons in there. I studied their um, behavior and characteristics. So it, it, the schooling did help me, but I also, the gift is what really helped too, because yeah. I really knew how to train animals even before I went to school. That that is a that's an extreme gift. Uh, one of my partners he trains dogs, and what he is able to take a a dog from week one to week two is amazing. Yes, like it's amazing. <laughs> so I mean, a lot of children like animals. Yes. When did that start for you though? Like an animal? Yeah. I probably would say, as far as I can remember, like around three or four. I was, you know, it could have started before that. I was exposed to animals like since I was born. Okay. But I started remembering around four, like. Like three, four, or five. I had a pet since I was like five years old. My my parents had gave me this tortoise. So your first pet was a tort a turtle tortoise. Tortoise, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tortoise, they just live on land. Yeah, mm-hmm, it's different. So the turtles live in the water and on land. Man, we used to I used to have a turtle and uh, they stole it. <laughs> my dad, we was my dad always had uh, different type of animals. We had chameleons, um, turtles, um, all type of wild shit. My dad, he built a pond in the backyard too. Oh man, so, yeah, um, that's cool. So now, you know, they got like the, the plastic ones you put in there. And that um, big pond, the yeah. black pond. But mm-hmm. before those came out, like he literally just dug the hole. Yes. Um, put the tarp in, put some bricks on there or whatever. He made that. And so he put the tur- turtles and everything in there. But somebody came in the backyard and stole them shit. Stuff. Man, it could have been even, it could also have been a, um, a, a raccoon or a stork bird. Oh, we found out who stole it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> oh yeah, we found out who stole I was, it. It was, it was legit a, a yeah. smashing grab. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those, oh man, what's that? And then the next day it was gone. Yeah. Like, so yeah, we found out who did it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so, uh, what made you want to go to school for it? Like, hey, this is this is not just something I like. This is something I want to do for like a living. Yeah. Um, well, I knew. To usually, you usually you don't really need a certification to start a zoo. Yeah, a lot of people don't know. Really? That. Yeah, you you don't know. <laughs> you don't need it. Um, even like, you know, like to own a mechanic shop. Yeah. You don't even need you know uh, to be uh, be a certified mechanic. You could just own a shop and you hire, um, technicians. Hire people that okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. So even like with a zoo, it really don't require, um, a license. You could buy a zoo and start your own zoo, and you can hire zoologist to work for you okay but i wanted to be you know the sole owner yeah so i went to school and you know i, I purchased the zoo from from zero from scratch okay yeah um so then what what happened was you know so starting a zoo i've been in the business for 11 years now mm-hmm. um over the years I always had people that you know you when you're doing something good you're always going to get some some bad people i tell people absolutely you, you pray for rain you gotta deal with the mud absolutely you want warm weather you gotta deal with the mosquitoes you know yeah yeah <laughs> so you know god bless always fought through any of the problem but the recent problem that really came up the big problem was and when the police raided my one of my facilities in august 15th in romulus it came from out of nowhere i was at a show 
when the landlord there called me and said, hey, the police is all outside your building, raiding your building. And I said, what? He was like, yeah, they had it surrounded. And at the time, I was at a show. I had, I was, you know, I performed animal shows at schools, right. libraries, daycares. Yeah. And I was, um, man, I was at a show like in Lake Orion. I was over an hour away. And so when I got the call, I told him, I was like, um, well, I can't go there. I got to call my attorney. And I had my attorney go there. And, you know, I wanted to go, but I'm like, hey, I got to go do this next show. My attorney, let him handle it. And my secretary, my attorney went there. And, you know, they found out, you know, like, hey, this, oh, you know what? And I kept calling my employee that works for me. He was never answering the phone the mm-hmm. whole time. So I kept thinking, I'm like, why, why not answering the phone? Why not answering the phone? Because, you know, he, he know, like, not to let nobody in the building. You don't know if you got animal rights people coming in. Right. People could be just, you know. Disgruntled. Or- yeah, yeah, well, they could they could wear, um like, undercover clothes. You could look like you're a male person and, you know, like, they just want to get in your building. Because the animal business is really. Let the animals free. Yeah, yeah, let the animals free. And see, this, well, you know why you said that? It's a good thing. People don't understand. You know, they say let animals roam free in the wild. The animals in the wild are not free. Um, The thing is, people got different definitions of free. So some people think free. That's like saying, um, are you free? You cannot go to any country you want to go to right now. Unless they get a passport, some of them don't even have to allow you there. So you're not technically free to go wherever you want. If you talked about animals being free, what that really mean is you would not have animals as native to certain states. You got um, kangaroos native to Australia. Why you don't have them here? They could run free to anywhere, but that's not the type of climate you know yeah. that they um, are in. So I just want to, and like even birds that fly around, they have a nest that they go back to every night. So they're not just flying around free, just roaming our world like that. So I let people know. Like even in the when they in the quote unquote free, they just really on a big ass in a big ass zoo. Yeah. Uh, conservation, yes. like, all right, this is all right, this is two hundred miles, but mm-hmm. y'all gotta stay inside of this. Yeah, yeah and, and even like cause in the wild animals build territories. Mm-hmm. So you know how some people like, look, this is my fence right here, don't come past that. We might not see it. You know, unless someone is really studied, but you can't go in a certain territory, that animal can be destroyed, can be killed by other animals. It happened in the wild when lions have prides. But back, so the thing about when I they was raiding my building, I'm like, hey, why does you know why the guy not answering the phone? Kept calling, kept calling, wasn't answering. I thought the police had him detained or something. You know, like he couldn't answer. My secretary went there, and my, one of my vans that I used for him to make errands, um, that's the van he was supposed to take to run the errand. It was still there. And my secretary was like, his car gone, but the van there. I'm like, that don't make sense. So to come to find out, man, this guy is uh, was a plant in my business. Wow. To sabotage my business, a competitor put him in my business and um, sabotaged it. So this young guy came to me on social media. He first started sending me messages saying, I look up to you, want you to mentor me. I love animals just like you love animals. You're a young black entrepreneur. And he looked up to me and he said, um, can you, you know, like give me a job. You don't even have to pay me. That's what we say. You don't even have to pay me. Mm. I just don't believe in um, having people working like that and not paying them. And mm. I know the work low. So I know the work low, somebody, if they was trying to volunteer and they'd probably be quitting by the next couple of days after right. the work low. So I, I haven't paid them, you know, and he was saying I didn't have to pay him. I paid the guy. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to pay you, you know was working he was working anywhere from 32 to 40 hours a week 
and usually 32 to 40, a lot of times 40 hours. So he knew what to do to come in. While I was gone doing animal shows, he would be cleaning, like, you know, they say the hedgehogs and foxes and all that. He would give them fresh water, fresh food, and clean the bedding, the little wood chips that they'd be on the bedding. Yeah, yeah. So what he was doing was, because I studied the pictures when I got all the information back from the prosecutor out from the investigation, um, I studied the pictures. What he was doing is he was taking the bowls away. As he would go clean the animals, he would take pictures before he cleaned them to make people think. They haven't been clean. Yeah, yeah to make them think this is they living in filth. Yeah, that's right. what I'm, And you can see a clear spot that's not been touched from no poop, you know, no manure or nothing because the bowl was sitting there. So he'd take the bowl out and take pictures. And he saved these pictures. He started sending them when he was wrapping his stuff up. So he started working for me March 12th. He started sending them that I know of to the police or um, the animal control in July, the end of July. So he started sending them. What he said was the neighboring business, the barbershop next door, he said the barbershop complained about a smell. He told the police that he's the maintenance person for the strip mall. So he he didn't say he was employed for me. He said he's a maintenance person, and he got keys to all the units in there. So he said that the barber complained about the smell. So he like, you know, I'm about to investigate where the smell coming from. Let me see if it's coming from next door. So he said he got, he got keys to all the units. He opened the door. He said when he opened the door, he found kangaroos, rabbits, and a ton of hedgehogs. And that's what he told the cops. So he said he took pictures of the animals because they look abandoned, like nobody's taking care of them. Right. The whole time he was taking care of them. The whole time he was taking care of them. What's so wild about that? Because if he's taking pictures, that's digital evidence. All that, those pictures were going to predate when he finally, when he told in. We got the date. Yeah. When I hired on March 12th, my mom trained him for about two weeks, a little bit over two weeks. He would have took pictures when my mom was um, working. I mean, he if my mom wasn't training him, and he was there by himself. He would have started taking them as soon as I hired him. He started taking pictures April 1st. How could you say you look up to this man, you want to work for me, and all of his mentor, you started taking pictures like two weeks after I hired you? You know, It sounded like he filed a, fa- a false police report too, though. He did file a false, false police report. And what he did try to do was, I already know that they, the police knew they got duped by this guy. So to save face and to try to save them with a, a lawsuit, what they did was they had him, what I believe, on a stand change his story. And he said he was afraid for his life. I never threatened <laughs> this guy. He said, so I use that as an alias. He said he was the maintenance person for the strip mall. The police knew they were so far into this. You know, they, they had already put me out on the news by saying I'm a bootleg zookeeper. All right. You know why they call me a bootleg zookeeper, right? I'm, I'm going to just black. keep it real because I'm black. Now think about this because I'm going to tell you the truth. Just like I tell everybody else. When Steve Irwin, what they call the crocodile hunter, right? Yeah. When Steve Irwin got killed by that stingray, did they ever call him the bootleg zookeeper? You know what? You, this is the thing, and they everybody look up to the guy. I don't look up to the guy at all. I don't look up to him. Um, I look up to my own people. You know what I'm saying? I don't have nothing against the guy, but he if people study, he never had a zoology degree. He never had a zookeeper degree. He didn't have no science degree at all. Did they ever question his degree? Never. You know why? Because he's the right complexion. But if he looked like me, before they, they when, when I first come into school or when I first come do shows, when I'm loading up, they ask me, um, is it legal for you to have these animals? Do, do you have a license to have these animals? If I looked like a different complexion, you wouldn't be asking me that. 
you ask me that because I'm black. Yeah. Um, so my thing is um, the whole, you know, like the whole zookeeper thing. So like for whatever reason, uh-huh. um, they they attack you in the media. They attack me in the media. They call me a bootleg zookeeper. Um, they called me bootleg. Bootleg mean illegal. Yeah. I've always been licensed, never lost my license for 11 years, never, you know, never was expired or anything. Okay. So for those listening, I mean, I guess it's probably been about a year. So I don't know. I forgot how long it was. But it was like a video of like a kangaroo in the streets. Uh, where like, I'm putting air quotes in the streets, but really at like a party or whatever. Yes. And they hit the socials and it was like a little, everybody was making fun. It was jokes or whatever. Uh-huh. And you, it was your Kangaroo, kangaroo yes. but like ever, it seemed like ever since then, like the local media has been out for you. You're telling the truth. You're right because even Fox Two, I when I would go on Fox Two before I would do shows at libraries, so they let you advertise, you know, public events that's free. Yeah. So I would go in there and advertise like, hey, I'm going to be at these libraries. Invite the children out to come out, and you know they were on my side. But then when that video surfaced, like you said with the kangaroo. They knew it was me. You can look at me in a video and know it's Javon that's hopping down the street with the kangaroo. You know, so I was doing a birthday party inside of someone's home. And the birthday girl wanted to see the kangaroo hop. I told the parents, there's not enough room in your living room to let the, to let the kangaroo hop safely. Right. So I was like, hey, let's go in the backyard. And the dad said, whatever reason, I guess they had a lot of stuff in the backyard. So they was like, we just go in the front. I was going to let them hop on the sidewalk, but all the people outside – Kept standing on the sidewalk, so I couldn't yeah. do it right on the sidewalk. I said, let me take him in the street, and all the y'all stay on the sidewalk. And I placed him down, and, you know, I had a harness on him. I let him hop down the street. And a girl filmed, like, you know, as people that was riding by, a girl, um, some girl filmed him, and I hear she got a lot of followers. So she posted it two weeks after it happened. People thought it had just happened. She posted two weeks after it happened. And then, she, I mean, it was just blowing up. I, I, I was going to a show. And my brother called me at like 9 o'clock a.m. He was like, Jay, man, this thing got 90 um, views already. I only went and did the show for one hour. When I came out at 10, it was at like 500-some thousand views. By the time it was like 2 o'clock, it was all over the news. And you know what? This is what really blew it up. They got it like the the um, heat on me. Yeah. Detroit Zoo, that gave them an opportunity. Detroit Zoo went on there on the news and said, it's not one of our kangaroos. It's not none of none of our kangaroos is loose. You get what I'm saying? They like it's not one of ours. Then they said it's cruel for him <laughs> to have a collar. See, this is why I like to clear it up. They said it's cruel for him to have a collar. First off, I didn't have a collar on him. I had a harness. You know, I had a harness around him. But they used that stuff to say a collar. Yeah. Then they say, well, these animals belong in special environments, special temperatures, and all of this type of stuff. What makes you think automatically that I don't have them in the right temperature or the right environment? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? See, that's a, what do you call that? An entitlement. You get what I'm saying? You you feel entitled. Like, you can just say anything like, oh, well, that required this and that. This required. I'm licensed by the United States Department of Agriculture, which is the federal government. They come out and inspect me just like they would any farm and any zoo. And, in fact, when my zoo was inspected, my facility in Romulus, they, I had the same inspector that Detroit Zoo had. So the same inspector to come out and inspect their enclosures, he the one that improved mine. And okay. they never, they never admit, or they never say like, this is uh, the gentleman who actually owns the exotic zoo. Yes, it's 
a guy with a kangaroo. Exactly. Not right. like owner of uh, Exotic Zoo that's been out for 10 yeah, they, years. They paint a completely different picture yeah. of it on, on the news. Yeah. Completely different. Man, and it's just a nigga with a kangaroo. Yeah. Yes. And a dog <laughs> leash, <laughs> essentially. Like yeah. And you know what? And, and the thing that I like to tell people is we, we lost a lot of history doing slavery. Now, that's true. So we. We really had animals first. Yeah. Um, you know, you could you could even see the movie Tarzan. They portray whoever they want to portray. So um, I know a lot of people say, like, we don't see a black guy with, with animals. You know, that's not typical. It's not typical because we lost a lot of history. But that's why I said that gift, you know, think about right now. I believe that I came from Africa, you know, originally. So what do you find in Africa? Um, lions, hyenas. Um, giraffes, elephants, all this stuff. So how are you going to have some people that come from Europe that's going to come to your own country and teach you how to handle the yeah. animals? So what I'm saying is I already knew how to handle the animals. So the Detroit Zoo knew who I was at the time. The heat started from there. They wanted me. They tried to press charges then. The Wayne County prosecutor at that time contacted the USDA my agent at the time said the prosecutor wanted to put charges on me for letting the kangaroo hop down the street on the leash, which is completely legal. Now, he, if it was a pony, it'd be perfectly fine for you to take this goddamn pony but, down the street. If right? it was a pony, you're right. <laughs> if it was a pony. And so then he said, he said, they trying, you know, they want to put charges on me. He said that I talked to the prosecutor and a prosecutor really am, you know, like aggressive or trying to put these charges on me. And I know why. Like I said, we all know why. So he said that he told the prosecutor I didn't do nothing wrong. He said that I was right by having a harness on it because if I had it just loose, it could be a danger to the public. It could run. It could endanger itself or someone else. He also said that, um, you know, I had full control of it. So that dropped, you know, there. And they've been on me ever since. I've had, um, you know, these PETA-type people and just a lot of people against me. You know, when I do animal shows, you got some people that say, hey, you know, um, I don't think animals, you know, you should use animals in shows. Look at what just happened in Australia with all the wildfires. Now think about how many kangaroos died. What if you didn't have zoos as far as conservation to help save these animals? They could be extinct. Yeah. So that's a good purpose, you know, and then you got people that don't know about God's creatures because you got a lot of children sometimes, you know, in Detroit and, you know, a lot of they cities. They just don't have that course, advantage as a, a, a seeing those yeah. type of things. And if you go to Detroit Zoo, you can't touch their animals. A kid touching a kangaroo, man, think about that. You They read about it in a book, you know, in a book. Well, you can actually touch something. You know, it's like reading a book the whole time on a yeah. job, and then now you at the hands-on part. You know, that's what they really like well, is change, the hands-on. That'll change somebody's life. Like how uh, a tortoise introduced to a tortoise at a very young age probably pay, play an important role in you wanting to get in touch with different animals. If a little kid on the east side of Detroit can go touch a kangaroo, like that could that's it's a, about representation yeah. at the end of the day. You and a black man brought in a kangaroo. Yes. Not some guy from Australia on the, on HGTV, not HD on Discovery Channel. Not, so, yeah. you Someone know that looked like them. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Someone that looked, you know, looked like you and that, that matters a lot. Because we always usually see someone that don't look like you doing it. Now that you, you know, um, now when you got someone that look like you, you figure I can do that. You know what I'm saying? You're like, I, hey man, you know, somebody might look. That's at, all it takes sometimes, is just yeah. seeing somebody that's that looks similar to you, mm-hmm. and it just plants that seed that you know yes. when I get older, maybe I could do something like exactly. that. Exactly. Now I've been seeing you on the socials uh, for a long time. I've been seeing the media come at you, but um, earlier in the week, I saw um, Fox Two or one of these these news stations reporting on the story, um, and I'm like, 
after I heard it, I'm like, let me reach out to this brother because this don't this don't seem right. And it seemed like matter of fact, it was crime in the D. I actually saw it on crime in the D. Yes. But it was a post from the local media. It was a blessing, man, for you to reach out. I really appreciate it. Thank you for even thank you guys for the opportunity. Hey man, we you appreciate you story. coming through. Yes. Oh, no problem at all. Uh, but what I heard is like based on that raid, right? Yes. That happened in August, they took the kangaroos from you. And just recently you found out what happened. Explain to the people what happened after they took the kangaroos. Okay. Um, first off, I, it was I believe it was an unlawful raid. So if the police would have did their their um um their diligence mm-hmm. and did their investigation proper, they would have known I was licensed. My kangaroo could still be alive right now. So what I mean is, before you raid a place, you investigate it before you just bust the doors down. For facts. Um. So what happened was. The ordinance, what they kept putting out on the news, did you ever hear they kept saying it's illegal to have these animals in Romulus? So everybody run with that. They believe, oh, yeah, it's illegal to have these animals in Romulus. The ordinance right underneath that, the line right underneath it says it is illegal to have these animals unless you have a state or federal license. I have a federal license, which allow me to have animals, federal federal animals and state animals. When you have the federal license, you're automatically grandfathered in into the state license, too. So when they did the raid that day, they took all the animals that I had at that facility. They don't take animals like that's why I'm still able to have my zoo right now because I live in Belleville. They got the animals that I had there in Romulus. And what happened was is when they raided the animals and took the animals, they said that they placed them in safe environments and they put them in sanctuaries. The crazy part about it is, do you know, they took 629 hedgehogs from me, 629. Do you know a lady in Romulus? She's still in Romulus. Got her in. She had the animals in her house. 449 hedgehogs in her house. They gave 80 of my hedgehogs to my competitor, the one that, that called in these false tips about me. He called in false tips. Wow. And then they said that, you know, the Detroit Zoo came in to take the two kangaroos that I had there. They 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 report on news said they're in a safe environment. I did not know that they killed my female kangaroo on the way to Detroit Zoo. So it's not what the news reported. This did not happen. They tried to act like it was a few minutes after they put it in a crate. That's not true. I watched the veterinarian testify on under oath on the stand. She said they loaded it in the crate. You know the traveling crate. Right. When they put it in the traveling crate, it went in fine. Didn't have no problems or anything. They loaded up into you know like the Sprinter van that they got. On the way there, it broke his neck. They, she said they did not know it died until they opened the doors. And, it, you know, when they arrived at Detroit Zoo, when you open the doors and, you know, to grab it out the van, that's when they seen it was dead. They did a necropsy on it, which is like an autopsy. They checked the neck and found out it broke two vertebrae. My attorney asked her on the stand. He said, so how did you all break his neck? What, did y'all get in an accident or something? She said, no, no, you know, we didn't have no accident, which is even worse because y'all didn't even get into an accident and the kangaroo neck got broke, which means you didn't properly transport it. And y'all took these kangaroos fear of their safety and they didn't even make it to the goddamn zoo. Didn't even make it to the zoo. They didn't have it for 30 minutes from Romulus to Detroit Zoo. It's not even 30 minutes. And I had these kangaroos for years. Not only that, they broke the tooth of my male kangaroo while they was transporting him. He's like six foot tall, man. 
they broke his tooth because they didn't know how to transport I'm him correctly. Of kangaroos, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> it's a humanoid. For me, though, <laughs> I mean, when you see when you see him, uh, you see that, that, that boxing. Real, that yeah, real, <laughs> when, when, no, I mean, I'm, one. Yeah, you you see you see him on stuff not. Like when they in the wild oh, and they yeah. big as hell yeah. and they look dangerous as fuck. They are like, mm. like they look cute and cuddly. See, like the small way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they, <laughs> you have you seen the, the the video that that one real strong one? Roger who was yeah. That, that's usually and and that's the thing, man. They do get kangaroos do get really big, but I, I believe that kangaroo was given some type of hormone growth. Honestly, you got to. Yeah. They get really really big. Even the ones in the wild, they get big. Um, if you don't neuter the males. But they even get bigger the more they wrestle with the other males. You know, it's just like us working out, lifting weights. I've seen big, but he was cut up. Yeah. Oh, this nigga been in the gym. Yeah. But, I, but I'm saying six feet. I mean, I'm six feet tall <laughs> with Tim's on. Like, I don't. The I largest don't want, one ever recorded was eight foot, one no, inch. Nah, <laughs> I don't want to be eye to eye with no kangaroo, man. <laughs> no, I'm straight. I'm straight. They get real. The, the, the females are usually friendly. The males are the ones that get real aggressive during a breeding season. So, you know, around the time when they're, they're in a breeding season, um, you know they get real aggressive, which is, you know is understandable, right? Yeah, but no, uh, I'm trying to stay away. Like, <laughs> you know, I can enjoy animals from afar. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. I'm my, <laughs> I got a pit bull. That's about as as far as it's gonna go with me. I respect that, man. You know, I, I respect. That. I never force. You know, the animals and the people when people don't want to touch. I'm like, you know, it's cool. That's one thing is I don't, you know, grab a person or you know the kid crying and you push them and touch the animal. But um yeah, so when they you know, they bust a tooth out of my kangaroo and they had to extract his tooth out, you know, and sedate him later. They neutered my kangaroo. So now mind you, that's the reason why I have the kangaroo that pair is so that they can produce babies. Right. They knew they kill one of them, then you neutered the other one. They had no legal right to do that. When my um they don't even have the legal right now to my animals. That's why I got to go back to this court date on the 17th, which the charges is going to be dropped, and they're going to return my animals back into me because, you know, I'm a, a firm believer in God, and I know that I'm innocent. God know I'm innocent, and God has blessed all of this to unfold, even the part that they tried to cover up. So they never told me that my kangaroo had died that day, and I just found out in court on the 27th. The reason why I believe that they didn't tell me is because – they figured this was a, a a a closed case. Like, hey, we got this guy. We finally got him. He gonna go to jail. We gonna get all his animals. So to cover it up, they figure once they run, once they win the forfeiture, you know, the forfeiture mean to get the rights to my animals. We won't have to tell him what animals died because now you got the legal right ours. when you get the forfeiture. Yeah, now they are. You don't have to tell them. They believed that they had. They believed they was gonna get that like in October or something. So they like, yeah, let's keep that quiet. They didn't know it was gonna run all the way out to February, and then when the vet got on the stand, man, you should see this lady face. She was almost in tears because I guess she probably figured they gonna fire her, or you know, she might get in trouble for telling the truth. But she was under oath; she had to tell the truth. Absolutely. And do you know the craziest part, man? Oh, man, this is crazy. Do you know they were saying I was calling up all these news channels? They were so afraid. There's so much politics in it. They didn't even want to report that on the news about Detroit Zoo Kangaroo, the neck being broken. And I want to give a big thanks to Kimberly Craig for Channel 7, man. She cracked that story. She took my story and said, I feel sorry for you. She was almost in tears and said, I want to record, you know, report this. And then Randy Wembley from Fox 2, 
he reached out to me, you know, and we talked about it, and he aired it. So I, I do got to give both of them credit, you know, for getting out there and you guys for, you know, putting this out there, man. Yeah, it was man, we, it's we, crazy. We're proponents uh, of the truth. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, I, I look at it at the end of the day. We all black businesses. Yes. You know, we're we just trying to do good business. I appreciate it. You know, it, it may be unfamiliar to, to somebody else. But I mean, at the end of the day, we just we trying to feed our families and just do good business. It's nothing yes. wrong with taking care of a, a quote unquote untraditional animal, and yes. that's the only thing that's happening. And, yes. And other question is like, where you get all these animals from? Like, you, you know do you what? travel over? Like, how did they? How where you? Find I don't. Them? Um, I could get some. You know, it's only like it, I could get some animals imported from, you know, overseas. So what I usually do with is captive born, or they call it zoo born. They're, they're usually the generations have been a little bit more friendlier because they've been bred down. Yeah, yeah. So they're not directly straight from the wild. Straight from the wild, they could have more mites and parasites. In the wild, they could live with those parasites. But when you take them from the wild, they go through stress, and that's when the parasite kill them. Mm. But they could live with it in the wild. So I have other friends in different states, you know, Indiana, Ohio, um, you know, Arizona, Texas, all different, um, you know, states. So when they have some babies – they say, hey, Javon, I got, you know, some baby kangaroos or this different bloodline. So, you you know, just like you were talking about the dog, yeah. you know, you might have a friend like, hey, he just had a litter, so I don't want to keep my bloodline, the gene pool, too small. You reach out and get another one. So that's what I do. Is there a network of, like, black zookeepers, zoologists? Is there is there a network or is there just like a— The only—you know what? No, no. I, honestly, uh, well, it's one other guy in, in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, Nelson, he's a black um, business owner, so he owns a zoo too. And if you ever heard of the guy named Tarzan, yeah, that's on there. He's a good friend of mine. He um he don't have like his own zoo like that. I mean, he's a he travel. He go all around the, the um. Yeah, I've seen the, him on social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a good friend of mine too. But those are the only two um black zookeepers that I, that I know of. Mm. Okay, is there? A, well, I'm assuming there is a, a a zookeeper community in general. Um, you know what? Well. What Detroit zoos type? So this is how it is. So it's a lot of politics. Which when you deal with a big zoo like the the zoos I deal with are family owned zoos. Gotcha. When you deal with the big major zoos, they're owned by the the cities, and it's politics, which is called an AZA. If you ever heard of a zoo called AZA, American Zoological Association, and to get in those zoos, to get those certifications, they want a lot of money up front and. It's basically a network of, of protection when they like, you know, they got your own secret society, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And we won't, we only let who in we want to get in. And they want to, like, crush the smaller zoos, the family-owned zoos. Okay. So I'm not a part of that. Gotcha. I am licensed, but I like to deal with people, um, you know, like small, you know how people talk about local farming? Yeah. And they're not the big, massive ones, but the local, that's how it is. I deal with the um, family-owned. I was, I, the reason I was asking, like, I wonder what, like, everybody else think, because they got to see what's, what's mm-hmm. going on. My friends, I got some other friends that, um, you know, even own zoos in Michigan and in, in different other places. They told me to, you know, hold my ground. Staying firm. I got um friend of mine that owns a zoo here. He's going to testify on the 17th for me uh, on my behalf as an expert on my behalf and, you know, corroborate my story. Yeah. Because this is the thing. You got a lot of opinions being thrown around. You know, opinions mean, you know, like, like, I, like me going over to a mechanic and tell him the oil should be changed this way. 
you know, you're taking this, you're taking the oil filter out the wrong way. And he like, I went to school for this. I've been regu- I know the regulations. You know, I know that. So they did. I mean, this job was so sloppy. I'd never seen that. I mean, my attorney said he never seen that how sloppy this case has been. So the animal control, what they said was when they raided my building, they went upon opinion. So they look and say, well, this kangaroo don't have enough room. Who are you to say that? You don't even regulate it because the USDA is the one that regulates this. You get what I'm saying? So my attorney ripped this guy to pieces in court. So he said, let me ask you, you're an animal control officer, right? He said, what's your experience? Well, I just know about dogs and cats. How long have you been working at the animal control? Well, two years. What experience did you have before that? Did you have to get a degree or any certification? No, I just was working on dogs and cats. He said, have you ever owned a hedgehog? No. You ever owned kangaroo? No. You ever owned a fox? No. So how can you tell this man that his enclosure was too small? Man, they started pointing fingers. Well, I just came to do my job. The officers told me to come take it. But all And all in their report, man. Man, all in their report. Well, kangaroo was too small. The 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 kangaroo. The reason why they said they took the kangaroo. So no validity to those reports. No validity. They said they took the kangaroos because it looked dehydrated, and they thought they said they believe it was in danger. The kangaroo was in danger the moment it got in their hands because Thanks. they killed it. I mean, think about it. How can you explain that? How do they know what a hydrated kangaroo looked like versus a dehydrated? Exactly. One? Never- <laughs> no, you see what they did was they thought all of that was going to help them and give them the rights to take it. But when they did, they even did a blood analysis on the kangaroo that lived, the blood work came back completely normal. His heart, his lungs, his abdomen, the coat was good. I mean, everything was good. But you take these animals from me, bust his tooth out, neuter them. And, and see, That's- people don't tell you when you neuter them, they don't grow as big and it's cruel to neuter an adult male. You, do you notice, you know, like a full-grown dog? They yeah. don't neuter a full-grown dog. They don't even have the effect. They neuter them either around six months or up until a year. You don't neuter a big, full-grown dog that's like six or seven years old. That's cruel. Yeah. That's like you're grown up getting a circumcision. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. man. When you out fresh out the... Exactly. I was going to say that too, man, but you, you nailed it, man. You said it. Yeah, that's that's not right. And I... So, because what it looks like is a concerted effort by uh, one of your competitors to get you out the paint. And yes. like, we just not okay with that playing out. And... In the court of public opinion, without you being able to tell your side and yes. what's happening, and um, I'm glad you were able to get some of that information out because, like, this not a hobby. This is your livelihood. Exactly. And this is something that you've been you've been doing professionally over ten years, but this is something that you've been doing for the majority of your life. Yes. And you're an expert in this field. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, you didn't put your ten thousand hours in. Like, no, you're an expert in this field. So people with an Instagram account. Um, who want to get off a, a funny quote or a comment, like you messing with people's livelihoods and you may be spreading untruths. So that is, that is right. Um, yeah, man, it's <laughs> cause you know, how you get stuff, people like, man, how you get a kangaroo? You know, how they put that on there. How you get a kangaroo? You know, how you get this. Think about it. If I, if I was bogus, I wouldn't have made it 10 years. You know, I'm, I'm a vendor with the Detroit public schools, Detroit public libraries. Um, you know, you 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 had other people coming in the community. They wasn't giving them shows like me. You know, I bring them um, bearcats, benterongs, lynx, um, owls. You know what I'm saying? You they don't they don't see this stuff. I didn't even see this stuff when I was growing up. So I just look at it like, man, God gave me a gift. Let me use the gift that God gave me. You can inspire, you know, children, and they even learn. This this one thing I learned, man. Even with animals, if it's a little thing like the little tufts on the owl ears, you know, on the head. 
that's not there just for just to look pretty. It's there for a reason. Yeah. So I'm like, if God created these animals for a reason, everything is there for a reason on them. What about you? You know, if God created us in His image, what do you think He did for us? So everybody got a gift. My thing is to tell people, like, look, you got a gift. Do what you need to do to find out what your gift is. And usually, your gift is the best, the thing that you're really good at with the least amount of effort. You mm. know what I'm saying? That's usually what it is, but not all the time. Now, um, I did see on social media you was asking people to uh, all the folks that have hired you and you've come out to to, to show them support. How do, how can people support you? People can support me by booking a birthday party, booking a show at your church, booking a show at your school, your daycare, um, any event you can think of. You know, I I like to perform, so I have an education, wildlife educational show. So it's fun and and learning together. So I wanted people to share my video, you know, I put out on Instagram and just share the word that I'm still in business. Because what they put on the news, they said they took all my animals. They didn't, they took all of them that was at that building, but they didn't take all of my animals. I still got a lot of animals and that's why I'm still doing the shows. But I wanted them to get out there. Javon been falsely accused. I've been set like staged. This whole thing been staged. And, you know, dealing with this whole thing, it really make me even more have more sympathy for people that go through stuff like this. That's like, you know, somebody stealing your identity, you know, like your credit card, all of that stuff. I'm like, man, it's actually crazy how you could get caught up in this system. This system not made for us. It was made by them for them. So it's not made for us. The only way that God, the only way that I'm getting the victory here is because God blessed me. He even used my attorney. My, I got a good attorney, but God is, he used my attorney and tell him, you know, what to say, what to do to get this because I prayed before I had went to court and God, I looked over all the pictures and everything. I could see right through the stuff. Like, look how this guy was staging. He would take the camera, the video, his um, phone and go, you know, like this, look around the animal cages and say, you know, and look like, Hey, look, these are, I found the animals like this, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. But see, you got to be an expert to be able to look at a, a, a picture like, Oh, this staged. Yes. Like, Clearly, he's not. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He didn't mm-hmm. know. He didn't know his blunder or whatever. But you know, you got to be an expert in order to take a look at something. And I mean, you stand, you stand tr- st- strong on this trial. You know, that's going to set a different type of precedence than what they're trying to do. To don't you. let yes. these, Don't let them. Don't let them use you in the media to try to mm-hmm. take advantage of you. Stay, yes. Stand your ground and tell the truth. Well, when this case dropped, man, I think this is going to send a real clear message to let them know, don't don't come back at this guy no more. You know what I'm saying? Don't. You know, like, you know, when somebody fight and you knock the, the, the toughest one out, you ain't even got to fight the other ones. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. this is going to send a message. You come at me, you got to come correct. You know what I'm saying? You got to come first and do your right due diligence and find out this guy license. This this been staged. I mean, any a blind man can see that this been staged just by listening to um, when you look at this report. And like I said, the craziest thing is it's a conflict of interest. My competitor called in a false tip on June 11th. He said Javon Stacks is housing dangerous animals and poisonous snakes in the city of Romulus. And he said that the facility is going to be most likely a warehouse or storage type facility. How would you know all of this? If you nobody been to my building but my inspector, but my mom that worked for me. Also, that's just a so like how you gonna call in a tip and then be like it's most likely gonna be something. Exactly. If it's a tip, you should know exactly what it's looking exactly. like. Exactly. And, and then they call him. Think about this is a conflict of interest. The guy that called the tip in about me, then you give him a large portion of my animals. He had about 
over 90 of my animals. I mean, if if you see the videos, man, they were in there shopping. I'm being honest. It's crazy. They were just in there shopping like, give me this animal, give me that animal. And when they, Romulus had put a warrant out for my arrest and put that on a um, Facebook, it was a girl that was commenting on there. She said, you know what? This looked like um, a, a competitor's game that wanted this guy out of business. This girl was in Ohio. You know, she could read through the lines and say, like, look, this don't look right. You know what I'm saying? And you know what my competitor was saying? He was lying, man. He said, y'all, y'all wasn't there. I was there. I seen the sick animals. I seen the dead bodies and sick animals. Do you know what happened when he got on the stand? My attorney asked him. He said, so you said you seen dead bodies. Like, you know, like he was he was putting it like it was dead bodies everywhere. He said, so what dead, what dead animals did you see? Oh, 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 you know, it was something in the freezer. They dead in the freezer because that's the mice and the rats and the rabbits that I feed to my snakes and alligators. He was telling, you know, to, he wanted to put out to the public like he walked in and just dead animals laid in cages and all that. He never say that they in the freezer. Yeah. That's what they eat, man. That's what you expect. So the case is just, I mean, this thing is crazy. I never Sound seen like it's it. has got a lot of holes in it. A lot of holes and it's going to come out on the 17th. I told people, that's how, I, this is how much faith I got. Oh, I, I did just want to, you know, just, just to say this part. These, after they raided my animals, they sent their own veterinarians to inspect the animals. The two veterinarians that testified on, on court last Thursday said that she inspected over 400 hedgehogs that they took. She said there's no way possible he neglected them. She said, first, the litters that they had, typical litters for hedgehogs is three to five. My litters would be from five to eight. She said the mothers mothers couldn't produce that many babies if they weren't fed the proper food. Yeah, right. Um, she said that they very that they were healthy, and um, the the Detroit Zoo veterinarian testified that the kangaroos was in good health. But when they went on the news after it blew up, they tried to switch the story. Which you know we got the scripts from the um, from the court date that they can't change. That's that's already in concrete. They tried to say it was malnourished, but when she was on the stand, she said it was not malnourished. And she said they couldn't even put the kangaroo and sedate them. You don't sedate a sick animal because the might animal wake up. Yeah, might not wake up and die. She said on the stand, said he wasn't malnourished, he wasn't sick. His blood work came back healthy. So I'm, I really appreciate you, man. You guys having me on the podcast, having to talk about the, the story, letting people know like you got to be really be careful. And you know, I was trying to help this brother. That so my That's competitor, tough, he my competitor, he's not one of us, but he used one of us. To, to um, stage this stuff. So we got to be careful who we let in. Once this case break on the seventeenth, I'm gonna go on my Instagram and I'm gonna reveal who who the rat is. You know what I'm saying? Because we got to see you, who the snake is in the grass. That's why I say you got to keep the grass cut. Yeah. And I'm gonna let the public know. Like, look, keep an eye out for this brother because if he did this to me, he gonna be running to another place next, trying to do something else for somebody else. I couldn't believe Once that this guy did that. Always an informant. Exactly. Yeah. I, I I can't let I can't we can't do that. Uh, tell people where they can follow you at, and and also plug your website as well. Okay, um, so you can follow me on Instagram, the number one one exotic zoo, and my my website is the same thing one exotic zoo dot com. So one is the digit one, mm-hmm. like the number one one e x o t i c z o o one exotic zoo. You can book a, a um, show directly through my website. Okay. Um, through you know through the email and my website, or you can um you know go on Instagram check out the videos. I'm normally putting up videos, letting people know I'm still in business, still doing the shows. Um, did you say that there was another black owned zoo in Michigan? 
Yeah, it's a, it's another guy. He's a he's a friend of mine. His okay. name is um Nelson. His his name is Nelson. He's with the Wildlife Safari. You know how many has ever been in Michigan? How many black owned zoos have ever been in Michigan? Those are only two that that I know of. He's been in business longer than me because he's older than me. Um, but I do a lot of the, the like the D. I'm all around Michigan, but I really like to focus around yeah. in Detroit area. You know, because our, our um, making history, man. Man, man, I, I look. I, I appreciate it. I want to leave a legacy, you know, for my children, so they they can have something to leave to their children. You know, um, my father is one of two of the only black owned zoos in the state of Michigan. That's yeah. a, that's something to say, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You're right. And like I said, I don't know. You know, even in different states, I don't know of anybody else. And 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 I got friends actually that they have their own collection. That you know, I inspired the breeding snakes. A, a buddy of mine, his name is Mid. One of my good buddies, his name is Devin. You know, these guys are breeding snakes. You know, custom colored snakes. You know how people breed the dogs. Yeah. So we want to be diverse. You know, we want to keep it like, hey, I could go to my buddy right here. He breeds the snakes. You know, so we try to be a Gucci print snake. Oh, <laughs> he done figured out how to get the Gucci print on the snake. You know, what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> but yeah, man, it's um, you know, we we got to keep it keep it going. Yeah. So I I do appreciate the. Yeah, we appreciate, man, we appreciate you coming out, and Anytime, uh, we look forward to you being vindicated real soon. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, not yeah, even man. a week and a half. So I'm I'm gonna reach out to you guys. I'm I'm gonna put it right on the Instagram as soon as this drop. You know. The, the see through the cracks, see through the holes in this case. And hopefully we just want um, everybody to scream out the success just at the same vibe that they screamed out the perceived failures. Exactly. Because, you know, I, I noticed that clip only ran a, a day and then just that next morning. But when they had this warrant out for me, that thing ran three days straight. I mean, the damage it done, man. It's a, um, a, a friend of mine, he was up in Traverse City at some um, – Retreat or whatever. He said it reached all the way down there. He was like, I seen him like, what? You know, they put it out. A warning said, they said after a thorough, so they didn't just have the investigation. After a thorough investigation, they released a felony warrant for me and for my arrest. And they said, if you know where this guy is at, convince him to turn himself in or call the Rhymeless Police Department if you know his whereabouts. I mean, they blasted that saying the bootleg zookeeper. You know, after the, after the news aired that Detroit Zoo broke my kangaroo's neck, if you watch the news real close, they said the accused bootleg zookeeper after that. You know, after I went on and was telling them. See, first they were just saying bootleg zookeeper. Then they changed it to accused because people, I guess, they think lawsuit a, in the air. When they see you got a real lawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, yeah, they knew. Come the on. They thought, they, they thought I was going to be a Allegedly. Now it's allegedly. Yeah, now it's allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So, um, you know, they, they they looked at me as being, you know, they, they try to say in America as 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 innocent to proven guilty, they already had looked at me as guilty. So thank you guys, man. God bless you guys. We man, appreciate, we appreciate you, man. you, man. All right, man. Uh, the Benny for for week one ninety nine. Uh, like I do every week, it's Dame going wild on IG. Uh, but man, more importantly, just follow Shop Talk Podcast. Shop Talk Podcast on IG, on Instagram, on Twitter. Just follow us, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next Friday, man. Yes, man. We look forward to seeing you on Friday at our 200th episode celebration. I'm going to have my man Pete come in and uh, perform our intro song, oh. Detroit, the whole song, so y'all can hear the whole song. That shit fire. Um, shout out to y'all, man, for rocking with us for 199 weeks. 200 is special for us um, yeah. because we wouldn't be here without y'all. 
Um, follow Shop Talk Podcast on Instagram, uh, the Shop Talk Pod on Twitter. Um, man, we did it. When you seen the blue and the black, you know where the fuck you at. Shop Talk Podcast Studios. I'm not saying we the Rockefeller Podcast, but we are Jane Dane. Hell yeah. Peace.